It's your host, Jane Perrone, and this week I've got a special treat for you. There aren't that many other houseplant podcasts out there, but one of the most famous is Bloom and Grow Radio, hosted by Maria Faella. And after months, if not years, in the planning, we've finally managed to sort out an interview exchange. So today on On The Ledge, you get to hear me ask Maria all those things you wanted to know about why she started a podcast about houseplants, what her mum thinks about it, and just how many houseplants you can pack into a one-bedroom New York apartment. And next Tuesday, you'll be able to tune into Bloom and Grow Radio to hear me answering questions from Maria. And if you're a Patreon subscriber to either podcast, then that means you'll also get access to an extra episode where we talk about the mechanics of making our podcasts. Also in this episode, I will be answering a question about a scissors discolor. And we'll be hearing from this week's sponsor, Breathe, an air purifier with a difference. Thank you to Sprout and About, who left a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts with the heading Plant-tastic. Maybe I should have used that as my uh, podcast name. Well, it's too late now. And Sprout and About wrote all I could ever ask in a plant podcast and more. Jane is so enjoyable to listen to and the content is relatable to all houseplant growers new and experienced. I tell all my friends, whether they're interested or not, about what I've learned after a day of binging episodes. You feed my soul, Jane. I do have to say I feel slightly sorry for your friends sprouting about who have to listen to you opining about how much you love on the ledge, even if they're not interested in plants. Well, I hope you make a few converts anyway. And thank you very, very much for leaving a review. It warms me cockles, as they say here in the UK. And, you know, if you can't contribute financially to the show, leaving a review is a fantastic way of having a bit of an influence on the podcasting world. I appreciate sometimes, uh, particularly Apple Podcasts, it's a bit of an effort to do. But if you can manage it, you get a big gold star from me. And thank you also to Joyce, who became a legend this week by pledging $5 a month on Patreon. Thank you so much, Joyce. Uh, you got in touch about how On The Ledger's helped you writing your book manuscript, and that was joyous to hear. So thank you, Joyce. You brought me some joy. If you haven't heard Maria Fiella's podcast, Bloom and Grow Radio, you're missing out on the most perky theme music and the wonderful enthusiasm of this crazy plant lady. Maria started her podcast a few months after mine in 2017, which was obviously the key year for new podcasts of the houseplant variety. And both of us have found ourselves completely addicted to podcasting about philodendrons and ficus. So it only felt right that we caught up and had a chat about where this all began and how we're coping with the current curious conditions that we're living in. And as is often the case with On The Ledge interviews, it started off on a highly unprofessional note on my part. Welcome to the rather um, 
what's the word? Welcome to the, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the rather chaotic world of On The Ledge podcast, Maria. It's great to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming. Oh man. Finally, we've, the, the pandemic has brought us together virtually via the power of Zoom. Absolutely. I want to say thanks, Jane. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> it's really strange, isn't it? But um, it, this is what's great is that I'm probably like you, a lot of my interviews are done, are done over the computer. So actually, mm-hmm. for me, it's not too much of a problem, uh, this pandemic, because we can both continue doing stuff. And now more than ever, we need our plants, don't we? Oh man, absolutely. I've never been more thankful, especially because, you know, I'm in Long Island City in New York City. So I'm lucky enough to not be on the island, the the proper island. But, um, you know, I'm in a tiny one bedroom apartment with my fiance. We have barely, we have the tiniest balcony that like we can't really sit on. I grow or I grow food on it. Um, but we have very limited outdoor space and I just have never been more thankful for my houseplants, my 150 houseplants. Cause I think if I was in a sterile apartment with nothing living, I would be like fully losing my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. It is a really, really important aspect of taking care of yourself at this time to be thinking about your plants. So yes, yeah, thank goodness for plants. Well, I kind of, I'm curious to know where the journey of Bloom and Grow Radio be- began, because I think from listening to your show, I know that you, you're not, a weirdo like me. You weren't into plants when you were like a toddler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where did this where did this obsession spring from and what was the what was the spark for it? Yeah, so I am actually what I like to call a plant killer turned plant lady. You know, I think I just got missed by a gene because I come from a heritage of Italian farmers. We I grew up going to our family farm in Italy as a kid. Um, I was around crops. My great aunt had this insane garden on our property in Italy. My mom is an amazing gardener. Um, my grandparents, my Italian grandparents who lived in Queens in New York, had basically two plots of land next to each other, one plot for their house and then next a separate plot the same size that they didn't put a house on and only had their garden. And I grew up like grabbing tomatoes in the garden, but I think I had like some plant blindness as a kid. I, I just took, I took it for granted. Apparently my grandma, I mean, I remember my grandma at the front of her house was this like, remember in the seventies or sixties, that kind of thick glass, what's it called? It's like a thick kind of almost translucent glass pane, the front of your house. But she basically had a little greenhouse in the front of her house. Um, Apparently, she had an enormous monstera, which I have no memory of, but my mom has told me she had like an insane monstera. She had a ton of geraniums. I always, uh, when I smell geranium leaves, I always think of her. But I grew up, you know, in the suburbs of New York, never really had house plants. Went to college, and then in the I grew up in like I, I lived as an adult in different apartments in New York City, and kind of famously would like bring plants home and then kill them. I just had no idea. I just missed the green thumb gene in my family. Um, And so after like 20 dead plants, you know, 18 or 20 dead plants in my wake, I decided, you know what, I'm going to like stick to cut flowers and I'm just, I'm a plant killer. And I think a lot of people experience that, like they bring home a succulent and they kill it. And then they just decide plants aren't for them. And when I moved in with my, my boyfriend, my now fiance, most of the stuff in our apartment was his stuff. And so 
we had this tiny little balcony and it was Southern facing. I didn't even understand like the amazing Southern facing unobstructed windows that we had. Like I didn't understand the gold mine yet. So I decided to try plants one more time and I started with herbs outdoors. So I say herbs were my like gateway drug plant. Um, And with the help of my mom, who's an amazing gardener, she helped me set up a little herb garden and she helped me care for it. And I had all these weird assumptions that I could like only water the plants at night and all these weird, I was doing all these weird things, but she talked me through it and the herbs started to thrive. And so I decided, okay, I'm a new plant lady now. I'm actually interested in learning and figuring out how to care for these things. I'm going to try houseplants one more time. So I started with a few houseplants. I think I got a couple of jades and a money tree and a few other things. And um, those plants didn't die because I actually decided to Google them and try and understand their care and try and understand what my Southern light meant and figured out where to put them. And as those plants started thriving, then I was like, okay, I'll bring in a few more. And then I had 10 house plants and some herbs. And then the 10 house plants were doing well. So then I had like 20 and then all of a sudden I had 30. And I think we all know this story that all of a sudden, I like to say I went from zero to 60, like literally and figuratively. And something inside me just like, my heart just kind of like exploded. Learning to care for these things really changed my life. And I found them being like a really big part of my mindfulness practice because as a millennial who's attached to her phone, you know, I used to wake up in the morning and open my phone and immediately scroll Instagram and Um, all of a sudden I found myself leaving my phone and sitting, you know, perched on my tiny little balcony, just smelling my herbs and enjoying the basil and cutting the chives and scrambling them into our eggs. And I just felt like plant care was a way for me to connect with myself and slow down in this crazy city that I lived in. And I was so obsessed with the experience that I went through going from plant killer to plant lady, I decided that I wanted to record it in a podcast and decided that I would, the podcast would kind of help me further my knowledge because the whole idea was that I would interview different experts in horticulture on different aspects of plant care. So personally, I would benefit from it. But then also I wanted to help other people like me pull themselves out of plant killer dumb and pull them into plant person dumb, I guess. And I kind of thought it would just be 10 episodes because I'm a professional actress and I was working on Broadway and I started the podcast right after a Broadway contract ended. And I kind of thought that another Broadway contract would come faster than it did. So I thought it would be 10 episodes and I think I'm releasing my 90th episode next week. And it's been a really wild ride, but the whole thing with Boom and Grow is just that it's, I'm like learning alongside my listeners is what I like to say um, with different different experts and different areas of houseplant care. And now that I've been at it for three years, it's interesting because I have learned a lot and I am starting to be able to give, you know, my own advice from three years of caring for plants. So it's been a real journey. Well, uh, total aside to ask you first, uh, both of us have got Italian heritage. Is it really loud when your family gets together? Because my husband finds it really, whenever my family get together, not this mm-hmm. happening at the minute, but it's really loud. It's loud. <laughs> it's it really Italian thing. It's just like he thinks we're all just super loud with super loud voices talking over each other. 
Yeah. When my, when my grandparents were alive, our dinners were pretty loud, but I do have to say my fiance is Irish American and getting together his family trumps my Italian American family any day of the week (laughs) with how loud they are. Um, but yeah, definitely we're loud and we love and we're enthusiastic a hundred percent. Awesome. And what does your mum think about your podcast as somebody who's, who's into gardening herself? Is she happy that you've, uh, turned over a new leaf? Yeah, I think she's so proud and it's been a really it's been really sweet. We've bonded a lot about it because she's the reason why I was able to care for those first plants successfully. I was literally calling her probably every day, if not every other day with a random question because I think when people start plant care, especially if they've labeled themselves as a plant killer, there's so much insecurity and there's so much worry that you're doing it wrong and so I was connecting with my mom so much and she helped me set the herbs up and she helped me with the first tomato plant and she has a garden. So I would go help her in the garden. So I think we've grown a lot closer from it. And I think she, um, she sees the live tapings that I've done now and she sees, you know, different aspects of bloom and grow. And I think she kind of stands in awe of it because, you know, you know this more than anyone, but it's ama- it feels amazing to help people nurture something that you love to nurture. So yeah, I think she's proud and I think it's been a really fun way for us to bond. You know, even yesterday she was coaching me. I want to try growing sugar snap peas and uh, bush beans for the first time on my on my balcony in containers. And I was just going to sow them and she was coaching me on how, no, I should germinate them inside in a damp paper towel and get them to sprout before I plant them. So I was going to say, I can see a whole spin-off here, like mum's mum's uh, outdoor gardening tips. It could be a whole another another little a little str- stream of your podcast exactly. <laughs> as you expand. She's going to be featured on my YouTube channel because I call her. So she's an edible landscaper. So our entire front yard is edible plants, and wow. we have like hedges of tomato plants. She does all of the landscaping with lettuces and. Um, beans. And I mean, what she does is unbelievable. And she plants, last year she had 300 sunflowers in her front yard. So I'm going to do a series on my YouTube channel visiting Fiala Farm. Like I think once a month, we're going to do a Fiala Farm update just on all the fun things that she's doing because she's so fun to learn from and she's so creative. And she's also like, she's a real personality. So I think she'd do well on camera. (laughs) Brilliant. And your fiance, I think he's probably more enthusiastic about plants than my husband is how how has that developed I know when you were away traveling with work uh, he was looking after your plants tell me a bit about that relationship and how his plant knowledge has grown yeah if people want to hear how your family reacts they'll have to listen to your interview on my podcast but yeah Billy watching his development as a plant parent and my I call him my plant co-parent has been kind of interesting because when I first started I think he really enjoyed growing the herbs cuz he his main thing is he likes growing food because he likes growing the food and then making the pesto with the basil and like seeing the cyclical nature of that But then I think when I went from zero to 60 so quickly, like I think within three months we had 60 plants, I think he got really freaked out. And, you know, there was kind of something wrong with uh, uh, the addictive side of my brain lit up and my kind of obsessive tendencies (laughs) definitely reared their heads. So he actually put me on a plant pause. You know, we had to have a conversation about how he felt that I was 
acting a little irrationally and I needed to take a minute and kind of assess the plants that we had. And that ended up being a hugely helpful few months for me because I just kind of got to like come up for air and put some shelving in so the plants actually were better placed in my apartment and get a better understanding for the plants that I already brought, um, I had already brought home. But for the first two years, I was the sole plant care provider kind of. I was the one doing all of the plant chores. He certainly enjoyed the plants, but he had no responsibility there. And then I left the apartment for a year. I went on tour with Cats the Musical and he had 150 plants to take care of with limited plant care knowledge because he just wasn't doing it. And I feel like you can understand watering principles, but you don't really get them until you're responsible for doing it. And so over that course of that year, it was kind of poetic in that I feel like he was where I was when I started Bloom and Grow and had to go through his own journey but it's been very sweet. I mean, the plants obviously within a year had tremendous growth. We had two monsteras put out their first fenestrated leaves. Our fiddly fig doubled in size because we finally found a great grow light to put it under. Um, and he feels like it's his, you know, he's like, I grew that, you know, I grew that. He says things like that. Like I grew those fenestrated leaves and I'm like, okay, no, you didn't, but we'll like say that you did, you know, we'll, we'll give it to you. When I came back from tour, I assumed all of the responsibilities again, and I think he was very happy to give them back to me. Um, but it's been nice. I think that we, I think we've grown together because of it and uh, learned to communicate a little bit better when we pass off watering duties or when we decide to install a green wall in our home or, you know, he, he's encouraging me to ask him, you know, sometimes a new grow light will just show up and I haven't talked to him about it. And so he asks me to have a conversation with him before the grow light comes home or before the new plant comes home. So I feel like it, hopefully it's setting up some good habits for us in our relationship moving forward. We'll be hearing more from Maria shortly, but now it's time to hear from this week's sponsor. This week's On The Ledge is supported by Breve, an air purifier with a difference. Breve are on a mission to prove it's possible to create an energy efficient product that uses only biodegradable materials to filter the air and won't look out of place in your stylish home. Inspired by the rolling hills and green fields of Britain, Breathe clears the air in a standard 4 by 4 meters room in just 30 minutes using a system of four filters, all biodegradable and natural, made of moss, coconut fiber, charcoal and sheep's wool. And once those filters have reached the end of their life, you can discard them or ideally compost them safe in the knowledge they'll break down safely within three to four months. Breathe is designed to be simple and hassle-free to set up with smart home integration. So pre-order your Breathe on Kickstarter now. Visit breathe.co.uk, that's B-R-I-I-V.co.uk to find out more. Breathe, fresh air that doesn't cost the earth. And now back to my chat with Maria. And I wanted to find out if she has any other passions in life that her listeners might not know about. I think like my number one passion has always been singing and performing, but I think that's a pretty well-known 
well-known aspect of my life just because I was on tour for the last year with my show. I mean, this is not the not the forum for it, but that we should so do uh, like uh, an, a broad. My daughter's my daughter is a massive Hamilton fan, and um, oh really? Like she's got really getting into musicals, and I've got no no knowledge of musicals at all. I've seen about three musicals in my my husband laughs because my favorite musicals are all from like decades ago West Side Story you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) my husband hates musicals he's been the world's worst person to talk about this but I've got so many musical related questions about how it all works I'm not going to cover them here because it's not that kind of show but yeah I, I'd love to. I'll I'd coach love you. all the dirt on like the yeah. musicals world because it must be. I'll give you some suggestions and give give your daughter my email. We'll yeah. talk. I'll talk musicals um, with her. But I I kind of want to know the differences between the musical world and the houseplant world. I imagine musical the musical world is pretty cutthroat compared to the houseplant world. You know, is everyone nice is everyone nice in the world of musicals. I'm, I, I wanted uh, some good news here. <laughs> I will say, (laughs) I will say the houseplant world is filled with some of the kindest, most generous people I've ever met. I think that if your hobby is caring for plants, caring for something else that doesn't understand you, I think that makes you a very special person. And I feel like I've really experienced that for my community. I think in the performing world, it's hard because it's our job, like it's our primary job. Mm. So obviously there's competition just in the fact that it's our livings. But some of my closest friends are performers. I mean, performers are so creative and weird and fun. And I'm like so weird. And I love doing weird, silly dances. And like, I'm so emotional. Like I cry all the time because as just an artist and a performer, my feelings are, you know, on the surface. And so, you know, performers kind of live like larger than life lives. And so it's fun to have a foot in that world where you can be really large and really big. And um, I also feel like being a professional performer has been very helpful with Bloom and Grow because I like to perform. And I do feel like the podcast is a different venue, avenue for performing, especially now that I've started doing live tapings of my show. Like those are performances in front of an audience. And so it's been very interesting to see how the two have informed each other and plants. Everybody loves plants. And so I found that I've actually made relationships with different people in the musical theater world, like fancy musical theater world people, not from performing, but from our, our mutual love of plants. So that's been very interesting. So it's cool to see the two kind of feed each other in their own way. When are we going to see Monstera, the musical? I think there's a crossover right there. Well, I was actually, before I went on tour, I was actually developing a concert uh, for, one of my dreams is is to develop a concert of botanically inspired music and then do it at different botanical gardens across the country. So anyone listening, if you want to help me (laughs) with that, but I would love to do, there's so much beautiful music, some classical, some musical theater, some pop, but there's so much music, beautiful music inspired by gardening and by flowers and by trees. So I thought it would be a really cool concert program to put together. Maybe now that I'm in quarantine and I have all this (laughs) spare time, I can start developing it. And then I will say another hobby, my fiance and I love to cook. We're, that's a big reason why we like to grow food, but we just started watching the Great British Baking Show. Is it called, is that what it's called over there? The Great British Baking Show? 
Yeah. What's oh, it called? By it's what's called it called? The Great over- British Bake Off here. Oh, that's what I meant. The Great British Bake Off. I, I'm calling it the wrong thing. Sorry. Right. Sometimes shows do get different names. So, um, what do you make of? Um, are you watching the current, current like recent ones or old ones? Because the presenters have we changed. have Mary and Is it we have and Mary Sa- and Paul. Okay, right. And do you have do you have Mel and Sue or do you have um, Sandy and Noel? Mel and Sue, the girl with the brown short hair, and then the girl with the blonde yeah. hair, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's who we're watching. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it's a great show. It's a really great show, and I love that show. It's um, watching it with my husband is a bit annoying because he is. Um, by training he's a chef he's not a chef anymore but he will just be like oh god they should be wearing a hairnet oh no they've (laughs) they've ruined that you know whatever so that's kind of tedious it's the perfect thing to watch right now relaxing isn't it yeah it's it's and i love watching you know all the contestants are so nice they all help each other like i love mary and mary and paul's uh dynamic and Paul, it can be so cutting at points, like, mm. and Bill, like, I love Mary yeah. and Billy loves Paul. And we just, it's, it's a lovely, it's a lovely time to be watching it. So it's a very British show, so isn't it? British. As well, I think, it, yeah, I don't know if you could make that anywhere else in the world, but um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's great. You're, you're right. It's great lockdown view. We were, definitely. it's funny you say that because we um, were saying, have they ever tried to replicate this in the States? Like, they replicated the office. Like, why would they not replicate this? Mm-hmm. And Billy, we were th- we were like, it would never work because the personalities and the just British feeling of it, and also the his like yeah. the t- everything that they make. We've we don't see that stuff in the states. So, what would they be baking? And it, it would be very different. So, I think it's yeah. just perfect. Yeah, it'd be a different. It's show. just perfect for what it is. It's just it's delightful to watch. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was houseplant other houseplant podcasts. I'm kind of surprised. There are a few others out Mm -hmm. there now, but I'm kind of surprised. We both started in 2017. There aren't that many other houseplant podcasts out there. Do you think it's because we've done such a good job that nobody else has done? I think we've just done such a good job that we're just, we just nailed it, Jane. Um, You know, it's interesting. I, I love that you and I are the kind of OG houseplant nerds in the podcasting space. I, you are the OG OG. I am the the number two. Uh, happy to be the number two. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Then I feel like we had a year or two where there really wasn't anyone else showing up. And then I feel like in the last year, there's been more more shows kind of popping up in the more, because there's a lot of gardening shows, but there's not a lot of specific houseplant shows. And now... Mm. There are a few more. I don't know why. I mean, I think it is a very specific niche that we have honed in on. Actually, a story about that. I was once on a podcast uh, group on Facebook. I don't spend my whole life on Facebook, but I was was on some kind of podcast uh, Facebook group. And something came up about something and somebody mentioned, not me, somebody else in in a comment mentioned my podcast. And some male podcaster then said, Oh my gosh! How how does a podcast about houseplant work? Houseplants work. Surely, like that's way too niche, and nobody's going to listen. And he said it in quite a snarky way, which immediately got my back up. And I actually then just I thought I'm just going to go and have a look at his. Right? Podcast. How many listeners do guess, you have, buddy? Right. I'm going to guess it's three guys in a room shooting the breeze. Anyway, and I, weirdly enough, and I've never seen this really anywhere else on his podcast website, it actually had like his viewing stats were like clearly visible on the page. And I just looked at the stats and went, mate, you are 
I, and I actually then wrote a comment saying, well, I've just checked the page and I get about 10 times more <gasps> listeners than you. So whatever yes, I do, I, I mean, I just, I just thought I've got to slap this guy down because he is dissing the house you world back. here. I love because, that. Yeah, I just thought, how rude to think that a subject, a niche such as houseplants, just because you're not interested right. in it. I mean, I've seen some, there's a chameleon podcast. I love, that's another thing I love. I, love I haven't actually listened to the chameleon podcast, but there is a podcast all about comedians. I need to go and listen to it immediately. But, you know, there's there's a niche. Nothing is too niche. I really, truly believe that for the world of podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of business podcasts or entrepreneur podcasts. And uh, Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income, he always says the riches are in the niches, baby. You got to niche down and then you can really like serve your audience and connect. And I feel like, but I totally agree with you. It's interesting when I tell my friends in musical theater or I'm very close with all my friends from growing up and none of them are performers or podcasters or plant people. And like, it's so funny when I meet someone and I tell them, oh yeah, I have a podcast about houseplants and watching them register how insane that sounds <laughs> and then choose how they want to respond. Like whether it's them just like not being able to filter the response and being like, what, how does that, how does that work? Mm. Or, Oh, that's so interesting. And then you can tell by their questions that they're trying to see how successful you are. And if you actually have listeners or not, like it is, it is very <laughs> interesting to kind of read the doubt there, but then you find the people in the houseplant space who say, Oh my God, I'm so happy this exists because I've, that's why I created the show. And I'm sure that's why you created your show was that there were no other podcasts out there about houseplants. And I mm. like to listen to podcasts. So I made one because I wanted one, you know? It's nice to have other podcasts that you don't have to make. Totally. I'm sure you find this as well. Like it's a wonderful thing to make a podcast and it is a lot of fun, but there's slog in there. There's a lot of slog in there. So it's really nice to be able to see, oh, Maria's put out an episode or the plant daddies have put out an episode that I can just listen to and sit back and relax, which is great. And Jane, can I just marvel at number one, your audio production of your show and the way that you oh, incorporate God. music? Really? Yeah. When I sit, because <laughs> I also want to say I've listened to your show for three years. I mean, I'm a huge fan of your show. I, I recommend episodes of your show to my listeners when I you don't have an episode. I love tuning in. And what you do with audio is something that like I've never even necessarily been interested, like you have such an interest or you're so good at the production aspect of the music and the different segments that you do. And that's the thing too, like our shows are so different. And I feel like sometimes when people see me recommending your show, or um, if I mention you, people are like, oh my God, aren't you guys competitors? Like, I feel guilty that I listen to both of your shows. And I'm like, no. So let's Why? just squash. <laughs> we're squashing that thought. Everyone can listen to yeah. both of our shows. Everyone can promote mm-hmm. and support both of our shows. That's a beautiful thing. We are not rivals. Exactly. We're ha- <laughs> we, we've happily been in touch with each other for three years, you know, so it's all good. Exactly. That's so true. And yeah, it's absolutely fine. And it's absolutely fine to love Bloom and Grow and not like on the ledge. Yes. You know, again, there's different different strands going on, different things. And you know, both of our, our shows have evolved over time. And absolutely. Uh, yeah, the music thing's really interesting actually, in that I just kind of try to find stuff that I really love that that I'm allowed to use on the show because it's all kind of like um Creative Commons uh, commercially licensed stuff that I use. So I just try to find stuff that I like. And there's just, I mean, everything that I, every track that I use is just something that I've just totally fallen in love with, I have to say. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, it is fun. But yeah, I make a lot of work for myself though, Maria. I mean, really, <laughs> I why? don't understand how you, th- how you produce the content, the amount, the sheer amount, the fact that you do weekly episodes and then two extra for your Patreon, your writing and your Instagram, like you do so much and to the, to have all of those extra elements. Whereas my show is much more, um, Intro, conversation, outro. <laughs> there are some exceptions, some except not to say that's worse or better, but I just uh when I listen to your show, I certainly marvel at at all of the different elements going on. Well, that's just me trying to make life hard for myself. Also, I guess as a journalist, there's always a temptation to think you're the BBC, like you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts, which are like made by teams of people. Mm-hmm. And you have to like, remember when you're listening to those and you're like, oh yeah, I want to be like this American life or I want to, you know, they're made by massive teams of people in, in like amazing studios. And so I say to people who are starting out in podcasting, you know, remember it, it's just you and that you've got to tailor your expectations accordingly. But yeah, things have got easier for me since I, I have a, somebody who works a few hours a week for me and, um, she is brilliant at sort of sorting out various things for me and that's made life easier and that's funded by my Patreon supporters. So yeah, it's good. But yeah, I mean, I just always want to do more. That's that's kind of my heaven and hell and mm-hmm. I always wanted to try something else different and add some other element to the show. Totally, totally. <laughs> Why? Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> but the, so a lot of that stuff is, as I say, it's just, that's what I love about it. And I'm sure you're the same you have an idea and you don't have to run it past anyone else. You just do it. I'm sure when you're working in your main job, you're constantly tailoring what you're doing to somebody else, the directors, what they're telling you. You're not giving necessarily the performance that you want to give you. You're doing what they want you to do. Yeah. That's the fun part of entrepreneurship. I think that you learn as you develop the podcast too, is just like, you know, I remember early on when I was still editing I, I taught myself to edit on YouTube, you know, so it would take mm, me 10 hours same. to edit one podcast sometimes. Same. And so when I was first starting off, I would get to my release date and I wouldn't, ha- you know, I'd still be editing and I'd be like crying at 11 o'clock at night thinking, oh my God, I have to release this tomorrow or else the world is going to fall. And then I could just stop and say, actually, it's my show. So if I wanted to take an extra day, I'm allowed to do that. And that's a liberating thing, you know? Yeah. Well, we're going to get into this for Patreon subscribers. We're going to put out a special Patreon episode, which we're going to go into this stuff in a bit more depth. Perhaps for somebody who, you know, wants to delve into the mechanics of of this stuff and a bit more detail about how we put our shows together. So that will be coming out uh, in a while for for on the Patreon, uh, both of our Patreon feeds. So yeah, that will be really interesting because I know I have, I do know there are listeners to my show who've gone on to make their own podcasts or who uh, work somehow in the production of other podcasts so that will be a really interesting conversation but yeah it, it's it's not as easy as we make no, it look it's I not. <laughs> but our <laughs> listeners keep us going easy. I always say that every every day I, I do feel like it's magical like every week that I'm having just like a tough week like getting the podcast together or scheduling guests or getting a sponsor, whatever, like whatever comes up. And then I get an email from a listener saying something just so sweet and poetic and, um, you know, saying that the show has helped. And then I'm like, okay, right. I'm doing it. We, that the listener, the listener base is what keeps us trucking through. So thank you. Thank you listeners. (laughs) And where are you going next? Anything particular that you're aiming for or, you know, pandemic projects that you've got 
you know, from in Blue the- and Grow. Um, yeah. Well, my my quarantine baby that I'm calling it is. Um, I have had the idea for a plant parent personality test for over a year, and it's been on my to do list every month, and I was never able to get it done until the pandemic. And then all of a sudden I had this time. So I love a personality test. Is this like the ones you get in magazines where like you have to yes. multiple choice? So it's an oh, online, awesome. it's, it's takes two minutes to complete. It's an online quiz, but basically a lot, and I'm sure this happens to you too, but so many people ask what's the best starter plant? What's the easiest plant? And I don't think that answer is the same for everyone. I think if you want to care and water your plant and nurture your plant on a daily basis versus if you travel and you're home every two weeks because of your job, the plants that I would recommend would be very different. And so um, I've had this little idea in my brain also three years, I've gotten to know my community and my listeners pretty well. And I've seen these archetypes of personalities that show up um, and learning how people approach their plant care from like an emotional and a practical standpoint. So I built out these uh, kind of personality archetypes and created this quiz. So you take the quiz and then you get your results. And with your results, you get recommended plants, recommended planty projects and recommended episodes of my show to listen to that are like tailored for you. So if maybe one of your listeners who hasn't listened to me yet, that could be a great place for them to start. You could take the show and then kind of figure out where in my 90 episodes might be a good start for start listening. That sounds amazing. So where can we find that? It's super fun. It's, um, it's, I'll shoot you the link so we can have it in the show notes, but it's bloomandgrowradio.com slash personality. Brilliant. And it's just super fun and silly. And everybody gets like a, a painting of a plant that is kind of associated with their personality. And it's really fun. So that was one of my quarantine babies. I, when I was on the road with cats, I was able to do these live tapings across the country and the cities that I was in. And it was so fun to connect with listeners. And I was planning on doing live events in New York City this year, which mm. I don't think are going to happen anymore. So we're pivoting. We're, we're figuring that out. But I'm just going to keep making more podcast episodes. And um, I have a YouTube channel where I do a lot of videos in my apartment with like different experiments and um, stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I also do like video accompaniments to the different episode topics that I do. So I'll just keep keep making content and, uh, you know, creating more Patreon levels and, and figuring out when the world gets to wake up again and, and socialize in real life, you know? Won't that be exciting? It's going to make going to a plant shop just seem <sighs> even more exciting than normal, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be so I'm, yeah, I've been very thankful for this pause. Like I feel like I've gotten a lot done and I keep joking that it's the best premarital counseling I could have ever asked for, for me and Billy. And especially after the year that I've had with traveling, it's been nice to just be in one place for a minute. Um, But I'm going to be so excited to hug my plant friends in real life when this comes out, you know, when we can see each other again and, and hopefully create some, some live experiences for people. No, I'm tearing up here. Well, Freya, that's a really great place to end. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a really fun way of exchanging interviews. And um, I think this interview is coming out before yours. Yours is coming out. My interview with you on Bloomer Grow is coming out on the... On Tuesday. So this this is a Friday that's coming out. And then the following Tuesday. So great. head over to Bloom and Grow and subscribe so you don't miss Jane's interview because it was really good. We did it right <laughs> before this. And she gives a lot of 
of really and, fun and personal let loose, anecdotes. And cut loose on, on yeah. all kinds of issues. Well, it's been really nice to speak to you and see you and um, see your lovely plant shelf in the background and so on. But um, yeah, we will we will chat again. But um, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Jane. I'm such a fan and I'm so happy we find it only took a pandemic for us to connect. <laughs> Thanks to Maria. And you can find Bloom and Grow Radio on your pod app of choice and at bloomandgrowradio.com. And if you want links to Maria's YouTube, Instagram, and that personality test, check out the show notes for this episode. And now let's get on with question of the week. And it comes from Janice, who got in touch about her oh-so-trendy plant, Cissus Discolor. Its common name is Begonia Vine, although you know the drill by now. It's not a Begonia, it's a Cissus. But I can see why it's got that common name, because the leaves are begonia-like in their gorgeous coloration. And Janice's scissors discolour has got rather tall and she's wondering what she can do about the fact that the bottom of the stem is a bit bare and the top's looking great. Such a common problem with vining plants. She's noticed that the previous owner had twelve the long growth around the bottom of the stakes that the plant's growing up and she's wondering if she should keep doing this. And yeah, this is really, really common with plant sellers. They'll wind the long growth around the stakes just to make sure that it looks as kind of full and bushy as possible, which is not a bad tactic in nature. Obviously, these kind of vining plants will be growing up some kind of support and they will try to do that naturally. The other thing that I always say with vining plants is the more you cut it, the more it will become bushy. So yeah, while you don't want to chop the plant out of existence if you can take a few judicious stem cuttings on the leggiest longest stems then you your plant will respond by putting out side shoots and also possibly some more shoots from the base which will mean that you end up with a fuller plant it's always tempting to want the plant to get taller and taller or or longer and longer as it trails but in fact the more you prune the more growth you get. And this is the great time to prune. So yeah, Scissors Discolor is a good one to give a judicious prune to now. If you've got a Scissors Discolor and you're struggling generally with the health of this plant, then, well, you're not alone. This is a plant that many people do struggle to grow successfully. What does it need? Well, it needs moist air, that old saw. So yes, it needs to be in a really moist air environment it will not be happy if your humidity is around 40 percent it definitely needs something higher than that so do what you've got to do to get it that extra humidity all the usual tricks like a pebble tray and grouping plants together will help and if you can make an old-fashioned moss stick by which i mean one where you've got some rolled up plastic netting filled with moss and a little pot at the top where you pour water in and that wets the moss and then goes through you know drips down and wets the moss that is a great way to grow this plant because you really are providing extra moisture to the plant that way um, i'll try to find a link for instructions on how to make one of these you'll see them pictured in dr hessian's plant house plant expert you know my favorite book of all time uh, there's pictures of it of, of one of those there um, and how to set them up uh, but yeah a, a moss pole will really really help but you know one of those coir poles where it's just a bit of coir wrapped around a plant tube won't really be so effective uh, a true moss pole is much better 
I hope that helps, Janice. And if you've got a question for On The Ledge, drop me a line on theledgepodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this week's show. Thank you to my guest, Maria. And do tune in to Bloom and Grow next Tuesday to hear me waffling on about On The Ledge. And don't forget the words of Matt Lucas's song, Thank You Baked Potato. Wash your hands and stay indoors. See you next week. Bye. The music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops. An instrument, The Boy Called Happy Day Gakana by Samuel Corwin. And Whistle by Benjamin Banger. The ad music was Dill Pickles by the Halftone Banjo Orchestra. All tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. See the show notes for details. Thank you.